Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your Wednesday? Or as I like to call it, alternate Monday. Alternate Mondays. Yeah, this is in an mm-hmm. alternate. Um, now that we've got variants of the world, Mondays are now Wednesdays. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a variant uh, Monday. It's a variant for Universe 608. Hey, what do you think about... Um, Somebody had said, I read today, that uh, it's a great time for Marvel to go through this whole multiverse thing. And then when they come out the side of it, they could just wipe it clean and start all over with a whole new universe. Like, maybe they would. Hmm. What, what do you think of that? Like, do you think they should? I mean, I feel like this is a specific question that reflects on some big picture ideas we've been talking about a lot around <laughs> Marvel and the MCU. I don't know. It was a very um, simple question, Dennis. I don't, I don't know. You know, one of the things that we talk about uh, in the context of of Marvel and the MCU is whether things are standalone or whether you have what I call homework. You have required reading. Yeah, we've talked about that. You can't – let me think of another example of this from something else. Um, You can't watch Fate of the Furious unless you've seen – all of them, maybe not all of them, but <laughs> right, right? All of them except Tokyo Drift, which is the only good one. I don't know. I'm throwing a lot of, <laughs> around a lot of opinions about uh, a franchise uh, for whose movies <laughs> sure, I've only sure. seen like three. Um, but I can't think of another example. Well, The Lord of the Rings, right? You can't just yeah. pick up at Return of the King. I mean, you could. It's a great movie, but you're going to be confused. Yeah, you can't watch um, Empire Strikes. Start at Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You can't just start at Empire. Yeah. Um, that you could maybe start at Jedi because it's a almost the same story as as New Hope, but maybe. not really. You're not going to understand any of the the relationships Han or Jabba between, or any of that stuff. Yeah, between uh, Luke and Vader and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and get the so point. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not opposed to the idea of Marvel goes for a while and then they reboot. Like that's sort of what um, X Men did, right? Yeah, like you yeah. can't you have to do something. To keep a franchise going, right? You could have your franchise be uh, just a simple formula, like um, like uh, James Bond. Uh, Bond goes through the same sort of character arc in every movie, right? Yeah. Like those yeah. movies shouldn't work on paper. Like a character who doesn't <laughs> ever change or <laughs> yeah, right. go yeah. through any kind of journey or or uh, uh, development in any way. Like he's the same. The, the difference is. When every movie starts, he seems a certain way and you think that he might change. And then his his like any steps he takes to change sort of backfire on him and he goes back to, you know, being who he was. And it's sort of the same story every time. And so it doesn't matter if you change the actor out or change all the actors out or change writers or anything. As long as you follow that formula, you're going to be fine. And that's yeah, that's an example I use a lot. Um, The. Um, the thing that the X-Men did is sort of like jump back into a prequel with the same characters, which is a weird sort of thing. Now you've established two separate, uh, uh, stories with a, you know, completely different cast. Right. Um, But many will say the X-Men brought those both together. So into one time. Yeah. And then, then you bring them together and do that, um, sort of thing. I don't know that. I don't know that you have to do it that way with a big, um, with a big reboot. Um, 
you know, I mean, it's it's really it's just uh, it it reflects the way that comics work, right? Like comics yeah. will reboot and go. Here's comics a new guy reboot. that he's that he's uh, you know he's the flash but he's the flash because of these sequence of events and he comes from this background when the certain character that you have becomes um i don't know you've exhausted that well as yes yeah. you know we might say where you know it's not relatable anymore to have a retired police officer be this character or a a veteran of a certain in you know in comics it can last much longer than in film because art doesn't age the way that actors do um right you still you know can get to a point where you've exhausted all the stories you can do with that and then and then change it and sometimes it reboots sometimes it's you know the character retires and passes the uh proverbial baton mm -hmm. to another right like like a marvel is doing with um with falcon yeah um exactly right kind well, of thing and so i don't i don't know that they need a reboot the big like so the reason i brought up the homework thing is the main reason now that you would do a reboot because you can solve the aging actors or you know just actors getting tired of playing a role yeah, um, you can yeah. solve that problem by adding new characters and telling new stories right this is not um you totally can't it's yeah, not right. It's not James Bond where every movie is about Bond and it's not Doctor Who where the story is always about the doctor and you, you could just change the doctor and the other parts can change. But the doctor is the, yeah, it, is, it the, can, is the evolve, continuing, right? that's, that's the word, is the it, continuing it thread. Like we could have, and we're pretty close to it already. Um, we can have big, like big title Marvel movies with none of the original five. Correct. Right. Correct. Um, we're down to just a couple of them left. Yeah, um, right, yeah. Just like Hawkeye. Already. And, and so Witch, yeah. you you can solve that problem without rebooting your your universe or your franchise. Uh, so the only reason that you would, I think, is, you know, maybe some internal thing like you want, you got a whole new team of writers or showrunner, the showrunner is not the right word, but whatever you call what Feige does. Um, yeah. In TV show, he would be showrunner. Um and, you know, they want to do something different. Or you want a fresh jumping in point for your audience, right? If your franchise has gone on 20, 30 years and you're like, okay, there's a whole, like, generation of teenagers coming up. It's time to do Star Wars prequels with Jar Jar Binks. And, you know, <laughs> right. we're going to, you know, we're going to well, make so something completely new so that the the new, you know, the people just joining don't have this uh this backlog of homework to go through yeah so so the comic books have i'm reading through it's my second time through this this book called slugfest it's the uh mm. you know nearly 50 years of marvel versus dc is what it is and, and it's a great mm. great book i would recommend everybody um and it it just goes through marvel versus dc not the characters but the, like the, the businesses uh the, the throughout the companies. decades and yeah, it's, okay. it's, pre it's pretty. It's pretty great. So, one of the things where I'm at to, that brings it back into my mind. It's kind of how fortuitous how this all plays together is that in the '90s, that it's when the or late '80s, I'd say, is when the um, the the summer event type started happening. And actually, comics do events all the time now. Um, but it, it, it one of the things one of the things that kind of started was there was a 
DC having this idea that none of their continuities were, was all over the place and um, their people didn't have a lot of starting on, jumping on points, just like what you were saying, you know, they want to get new people. in. so, so comic books came up with this kind of idea of starting with a new number one, right? Like they put okay. uh, Superman number one, right? He's mm-hmm. on as opposed to Superman number 436, right? Sure. They relaunch yeah. and it's a, it's a whole thing. Um, so that that's one thing. Like they, they've taken ideas of like we've been doing this for forty years. How do we get this? And so when you look at Marvel running movies, they kind of are starting to starting to have that kind of a feeling, right? Just what you're describing yeah. is like how do we how do we handle these different kinds of things that are happening with these different kinds of people who are readers or or viewers. So starting with number ones are good. You, when you get new movies that you can start with, or you can start with an uh, you know. Captain America number one, which would be Falcon now Falcon and the Winter Soldier type stuff, or a new Falcon, mm-hmm. Captain America. Uh, another thing that they have done that has been suc- very successful in the comic books, at least, is to throw away your old universe. Starting with DC did this, or arguably uh, Marvel did this. Marvel did something called Secret Wars, mm-hmm. where they decided to take all of like some great gigantic all powerful entity came in and decided to uh you know destroy all multiverses basically and then it, okay. it what it happened was that you ended up with after the end of the big event you end up with one new world that has recognizable characters that people kind of know i know kind of who batman is because i've kind of seen him from the movies and it's a new character that doesn't hold to all of the rules of the past, but some of them and they, they reestablish it. So when you, but are, this is, this is Marvel doing this. Both of them in secret done. wars. Uh, both in yeah. DC. No, DC did it in a thing called crisis on infinite earths and crisis Marvel did it. In earth, in I know wars. that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And, and you, and, you said uh, Marvel and then you said Batman and I was like, um, right. I'm, I'm trying to, expert. I'm trying to mix them both. Cause they, cause they both just, have just, done it and they both done it in the, in the exact way. Right. Right. They, they, they get them together. It's a big event that they, that they have that takes over a year's worth of comic book telling with all of the, the stuff. And it becomes like basically a phase, like a Marvel phase, right? Mm-hmm. Where they, they set up whole, all this thing that all comes together with this, which makes me feel stuff like when we're got with Loki and with uh, Wanda and with you know, the multiverse of madness. And then we're seeing the things with Spider-Man that it feels like that same way. All of a sudden they're opening up all these different interpretations, just what they've done in the comic book. They did the same thing. Oh my gosh. It's the Spider-Man from here. It's the old 1930s Superman meeting with the modern Superman meeting with a future Superman. And mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, it's all these multiverses. And what they in each one of those companies, they did the same thing. It comes to a big head and a big series where when you're finished, you have a new continuity. They start everything at number one and everybody can jump on with this new thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I kind of see that. So Marvel has, here's some, a couple of behind the scene things. Marvel has been accused that secret wars is going to be their next thing. Um, okay. Jim Shooter, a little thing happened. Uh, Jim Shooter was a former editor for Marvel in the 80s and 90s. Um, And he, like editor-in-chief, and he was the creator of the original Secret Wars. Uh, Marvel had approached him to ask him if he would like to write a, do a new graphic novel talking about it. 
And he was okay. like, I don't really know because he didn't like the, the way the money shook out in the contract. So they came back to mm. him and were like really, really lenient on a lot of the stuff in the contract. And he said, hey, I've been in the administrative chair for 20 years in that job. Something's up. Are you trying to rework this so that so because you're making a new movie and you want me to not have royalties with this? And the guy immediately mm. said, I can't talk about it. So Jim mm. Shooter was like, not going to do it until this happens because he wanted royalties. Um, sure. and he just came out and had said that. So that's another fuel to the fire. If they're going to have this kind of secret war wars esque thing. And I know you and I have talked about the homework stuff. That's why I kind of bring it up mm-hmm. is, you know, it, it's, it, I don't know if I like it. I, I don't, I like the idea. I mean, I like the idea that we have an old captain America that was there, that Steve is Steve. And now we've got a new captain America. I like that. I like that. I like that. There's maybe a new iron heart. That's not iron man. Right. Or there's a, Mm-hmm. A new, just new people that come in and, and are the future of whatever superhero world. I like the evolution of stuff. I'm not a big fan necessarily of trashing the old and coming up with a new type thing, but it has been a historical thing that co- both comic major comic book companies have done and right. were successful at. I just don't know how. Yeah, I, feel I mean about it. Them doing that with the it movies. happens in movies all the time, right? Like the you know we've had several Superman. We've had several Batman. We've had a several yeah. Spiders man. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's with less fanfare. And it's, you know, a little bit like, I think people think of it the, th- the same way they think about um, James Bond. It's like, we're going to get a few movies and then some time is going to pass and they're going to get a new guy. They're going to yeah. get, you know, uh, they're going to get Sean Connery this time. They're going to get Pierce Brosnan this time. They're going to get... Um, Val Kilmer this time, right? Well, the, here's here's the thing. Let's 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 put it in James Bond uh, words now. Uh, so you get James <laughs> Bond, and um, I'm trying to think of an equal to him. Um, oh, he he has uh, all of a sudden you have him meet uh, who's the Tom Cruise uh, guy with the mask all the time. He's also a spy guy, Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt. Yeah, he meets Ethan Hunt. Mission Impossible. Like Right. And then it all comes together and then you, you end up having just one world where they're both working for the same company or type stuff. So in, in Marvel, we, the, the big part with this isn't just re, you know, starting a new Marvel Avengers team. Actually, the real impetus for this is X-Men and Fantastic Four. They have right. them now. If, if they start a new world, they can launch mutants. They can launch fantastic four into it and start a whole new MCU with these major characters, because I know you're not a comic book guy, but X-Men mm-hmm. are a humongous part of the, of the not Marvel cinematic universe, but the Marvel comic universe, the Marvel catalog. I mean, there's a reason yeah. that, um, I mean the honest trailer or whatever for Avengers makes that joke. Like they're all of Marvel's most famous characters, except for, the X-Men and Spider-Man that which, which know. are their most famous characters. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So um, not to, anyway, I don't, don't want to, I don't want to fully derail this conversation and do a whole bit about our, our Marvel uh, watch rewatch uh, with mom, mm-hmm. but they're up to WandaVision now. Oh, they're watching that. They're watching post end game stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Post end game stuff. Post uh, uh, Spider-Man far from home. 
Wow, I, th- I thought I thought it was going to end with with that that whole series. I yeah. I kind of suspected, and we did take a break for a while. But then sometimes when when everybody's home and they're you know they'll watch without me, but they're like with mom and dad and and my sister Becca and are home. They're like let's let's watch let's watch Wandavision. And so I think the like TV nostalgia stuff keeps it more entertaining for mom. And it's you know it's a story about a woman and she has babies so like that's yeah, yeah. you know that that part of it too she has kids did, I don't, did she like did she like natasha direct, it, would she want to watch uh black widow that i don't know i mean i'm sure you know they'll get to that at some point but right. um anyway we we got to the point in wandavision uh spoilers for wandavision if you haven't seen that um where uh they bring the new uh the other pietro Quicksilver, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. and so um, Beck and Andrew, they're like, pause it, and they're like, okay, mom. So this character was this, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if you need to explain that. I don't know if she cares. Like, right. you're, you're it real deep in matter. The, right. No, it doesn't. It's it's Disney flexing, right? That they have. It is Disney flexing. They have Fox. Right, yeah. They have Fox now. But um, as long as we are. Uh, I don't know if we came to a, a conclusion on that. I went, I went, you asked me a very simple question. I give you a very long, uh, complicated, drawn an <laughs> answer. I understand why they would reboot the MCU. I don't think they have to. Um, I think you can continue to, you know, I, I mean, I think the phases sort of work that way, right? You can jump in yeah. at any point. Um, you'll be a little confused, but you know, they try to keep the movies standing on their own. They they do as best they can with that. It's an impossible task, but um, I don't think I they mean, have it, to. Yeah, it's, it's an impossible task in the Marvel comic world, too. It, it really is. So, uh, yeah. and, and, and these are a couple ways that they solve it in the comic book world. So mm-hmm. uh, it, mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's one of those food for thought type things, and, and it'll, be, it, it'll be cool. And I, I know we're all expecting, there, there's just no way that an X-Men thing won't happen or a Fantastic Four thing won't happen. Um, right. It's, it's going to have the real question is like when, and, and obviously COVID has problems with it, but your mom has uh Shang-Chi coming up. You can, you guys can go watch that yeah. in the theater when, yeah. when you're all what, caught up. I, what, whenever I'm hearing that it's out. got good reviews. So, mm. but, but you know me, I don't really trust a reviewer people, even myself. So <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> well, have you, um, have you had a chance to watch, uh, what if, yeah, that's right. It was kind of where I was thinking about going into this one is that uh, that's what this does, right? This is a another multiverse thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's so, a, go ahead. It's a it's a little bit of a um, what do you want to call it? like a sandbox for writers to play around mm-hmm. in? Um, you know, it's yep. it's anthology format. We've gotten two episodes so far. Um, do you want to get into the details of those or just give some some general non-spoilery impressions? Well, uh, I guess we can do that first. Um uh yeah, so so far it it is what what if is uh based on um the concept is based on a a comic book from I think it was in the 90s, maybe a little bit earlier from that is is that, you know, just it was forever that comic book people said that Thor would be able to to beat the Incredible Hulk, right? Who would win? Sure. Who would win? You know, a bunch of comic book nerds sit around and you just have talk forever. It's the most nerdiest thing ever to talk about. Spider-Man or Captain America, who wins in that fight? Or, or it's, it's always what we the did best before the internet. Like, yes, yes. It's, it was so, mm-hmm. so much fun. 
So uh, they they had decided to uh, run a series called What If, and they would do these kind of things where, you know, what if the Punisher fought Moon Knight or Spider-Man fought, you know, somebody else? Um, and how would that be different? And, and this one is a, a series based on what if a key thing changed um, and how would the world be different? I think that's really neat. I mean, it's, we get to do that in comic books with superheroes, but like, I think it would even be neat in a real historical type thing. What if, you know, uh, Truman didn't decide to go in on, on, you know, invade this thing or what if Roosevelt didn't attack on D-Day? You know, those, right. those are neat, right. neat it's stories. A, so yeah. We get the that. what if, the what if question of history, right? Like, you know, what if, um, you know, Abraham Lincoln had, and the others had found a peaceable way to abolish slavery in the South. Would we have still had the Civil War? Would the America, would America, the United States not having the Civil War, how would that have affected our actions in World War One? And how would exactly. that change have affected World War Two? And of course, that's very big picturey stuff. The most common thing you see in sci-fi is what if somebody goes back and and kills Hitler or uh, helps sure, Hitler sure. succeed in some way, and like what does that right. change? Right, that's a huge, especially in the you know you go back to Star Trek and stuff in the early eras of of sci-fi in the post post war post World War Two uh, era, and that is this. It's a sort of foundation for most um, multiverse or or parallel universe. Uh, I think it might might be con- the people call string theory. I don't know. I'm not a physicist, but in fiction, <laughs> it's this it's this idea, right? You take the DeLorean back to 1955, and and Biff steals it, and suddenly uh, 1985 is different um, because right. of because of those events. And this isn't even it's not really time travel, though it's connected in with um, Loki in uh, spoilers for Loki, but spoilers that don't matter because there's a scene in Loki where um, a bunch of timelines get disrupted and fork off of the sacred timeline. And that is ignored for the rest of the Loki uh, show, I believe, at least not that I ever noticed anywhere. And this is a play on that. Like if, that action that went back and messed up the timeline, like what would it change? Um, you know, from it's like, and, and it all starts from a single event. Like this, this one thing is different. And then what, um, what cascading chain of, of events um, occur after that. Yeah. And, and so we, we get to in, in the what if books they're, they're dealing with very popular people. Right. Like they're dealing mm-hmm. with Wolverine and everybody loves Wolverine and dealing with uh, Cyclops. I mean, what if Wolverine fought Cyclops? So you're dealing with popular people. I mean, so a lot, a lot that's of the, the only ifs- way this works, right? Like, yeah, you have to be familiar with the original events to care about yeah. the change. Right. They're like, oh, what if this guy in Philadelphia didn't join this basketball team and join this other basketball team? And I'm like. Uh, what? Who are those? Yeah, guys? and, and, and a lot, but care. a lot of things we've seen on TV have, have been like the, the like like you said. What what if uh, we lost World War Two or something? All right, um, right. And then th- those are those tend to be in general those tend to be bad things. Like oh, the future would be terrible now because we right. we are living in the best timeline. Is is the is the idea right. that like we all live in the best timeline now? But what if in comic books it wasn't like that? It was always like well, uh, what if 
you know, Captain Peggy Carter took the serum instead of Captain America, then you would have like, well, she's good. And it would just be good in a different way. That's how that ha- that's how what ifs have happened in the comic books, kind of, because, again, they don't want you to think that like Wolverine's going to end up evil or your favorite Captain America guy is going to be terrible bum on the street. You just you, you would reject it out of hand. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So here we got we get the we get these MCU equivalent of what and they're going to they're doing these. It's all animated. Um, what if something happened? And it, so far with these two, without spoiling anything, they still feel like uh, good things like the The things that they do end up OK, just different. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's not like the work because because in the second one, we all know T'Challa takes over Star Wars because T'Challa takes over Star World. The Earth gets destroyed and we all live in a, an apocalypse. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not that kind of a thing. It's, these what right. ifs. I mean, who knows? Maybe another what if. I know they've got Marvel zombies coming up, so maybe that'll be one. That's mm. bad. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. So so far, my, my unspoilerific review has been that they're they're pretty they're pretty fun from just a um, let's let's give other people kind of leads in this environment type stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's let's put uh, in the first one. It's Peggy Carter be, being Captain America, and the second one is T'Challa being Star Lord. You know, let's put these characters in a different situation and see how things play out. And that's been pretty fun, I thought so far. What do you think? Yeah, I. I agree. Um, I liked the second one more than the first. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot more fun. I don't know if they'll stay that way. I don't know that it all needs to be fun, but the first one was felt really serious. Um, and you know, the second one is the T'Challa Star Wars one, and it's it's of course affected by the passing of Chadwick Boseman, right? Sure. The, you can't get around that um, yeah. right now anyway. Maybe, you know, somebody watching it, you know, 20, 30 years from now, they're like, hey, this was made, you know, it was, you know, the voice work was recorded before. Well, he was actually sick. And so it's a, you know, real significant, you know, it'll be the the way that we yeah, talk yeah. about, you know, Casablanca and stuff like that. But, you yeah. know, for us now, we know that context. Um, yeah. And so, and so that helps it. But um yeah, it's okay. My only, uh, my only real criticism of it is I don't care for the animation. Um, <laughs> I was I was going to ask you about that. Like it, it, I I I, I, the, I like the animation a lot, but I I recognized it as something that Dennis would not like. I I saw it in the trailer, and actually the second episode I mostly just listened to because I watched it on my computer. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a lot of dialogue, and I can look over and see and kind of tell what's going on with the combat the action that happens in that episode. And so uh, uh, that didn't bother me. I, I, I get it. I, I think you're right. The, 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 the little footnote that we should, should be said here with that is that um, if this isn't, you know, an, animation is subjective, right? W- w- whether you mm-hmm. don't like, maybe you don't like anime in general, right? Like I don't, the stories are great and the whole characters are great and whatever movie this is, but because it's anime, I can't get over it. Right. Right. Um, it's just sometimes a personal preference type stuff. In this one, I I liked it, but I also in this kind of is it a is it a computer animated type? Is that what 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 it kind of is? That's what feel- it looks. That's what it looks like to me, and it looks, you know, I'm sure you know, it's Marvel at Disney, right? Like they yeah. have the budget for all the things, I'm sure, but 
it looks low budget, not low budget, but it looks kind of cheap. Like after the matrix and maybe after the matrix sequels, when like computer 3d animation was just becoming popular, um, the people made, there was a whole, uh, a set of shorts called the animatrix. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember the animatrix. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of that. And obviously this is better than that. That was, you know, almost 20 years ago. Um, but, and it's, it's just, it's just the style of it doesn't work. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that it's cheap. It just, to me, looks low budget. And that's just my subjective opinion. Looking well, at here, it. Here's, uh, here's know, the thing. Here's 90% the thing of that. the, 90% of the animation that I see is Japanese anime which yeah. is a whole different, like, also runs the gamut from, you know, what looks kind of low budget, something like uh, My Hero Academia, all the way up to, you know, gorgeous things that we've seen like Violet Evergarden. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, not that that's all I watch, because I think later we're going to talk about um, Lower Decks and mm-hmm. um, some of those things. It just is a little, I found it a little off-putting. That's well, all. He, he, here's the Here's the thing that, this like see computer animation so far and this one it is pretty good so far but it, it it makes the best still pictures i should say they're, they're always beautiful sure. i think i think you can always take one of these computer animated uh frames and make it and it looks really nice the yeah. one of the biggest problems with computer animation and i'm just being very broad here is that it's not as impactful um for example we you and i at least being in the tech industry know how a lot of this stuff works. You have a you have a three dimensional model that you mm-hmm. control in a program, in an environment. Right. And so when you animate those, it's not done hand frame drawn, right? It's not like this right. frame. This is what his face looks like when he's punched, and then the next frame is following that a little bit more. It's a it's a model. So mm-hmm. when the Hulk punches an Iron Man suit, if it was animated, you would see the suit like the chest part kind of cave in a little bit and move more and the whole suit kind of deform a bit and move back. But when you're working with 3d models, it doesn't work that way. You punch a guy and the 3d model doesn't move. It just, you know, gets pushed back. Yeah. It's this odd sort of thing where the more advanced technology really restricts what the animators and the, well, animators can do. Um, It it frees them that they don't have to do cell frame for frame, but Right. Yeah. The 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 physics of it are now restricted to at least somewhat realistic physics, right? They can't do they don't have the full freedom of movement and and effects and all of that that you can have with uh well the technology is also not there yet. Like the technology is not there for for a a plane, I'm calling in 3D terms. Like when you're in a mm. 3D model and you have a plane for a plane mm-hmm. to be geometrically modified on the fly by other mm. other things like when i create a sure. plane it's a solid plane other planes can break it or interact with it but they can't modify it in that dynamic procedural way i'm getting very technical here sure. but it, it that technology is is they're using it because it's awesome they want to use new technology and, and advance the the medium but right now it's it it does have problems with feeling a little hollow especially in combat scenes they're mm-hmm. doing some things i think in this what if series by mixing actually some hand drawn stuff with it but it's not there yet i think it's better than i enjoy the series ruby r w b y 
-hmm. and this this one is definitely an advancement over that but still has (laughs) some same problems right still has that steel i don't think peggy's a lot of her attacks and punching a person feels quite as impactful as if it was like a hand-drawn animation right so yeah, yeah. I, and and you that's a negative, I mean, the, but I I like overall. the same thing. The same thing happens when you use computer graphics to enhance uh, live action things, right? Like MCU right. proper, uh, right. but because it's live action, because you're seeing real people, that's how you expect them to move. Um, you know, because it's because it's real. It's uh, it's a weird, it's a weird sort of middle ground, and it's the best yeah. way that I've heard uh, this described. Because there's a guy who does uh, YouTube videos about anime and he has a whole video about uh, CG and anime because it's very controversial, right? Because it's, you know, up until fairly recently, it's been pretty bad. And so when people watch it, they're like, Oh, this is, you know, I don't like, cause you know, either the whole whole show will be in, in CG or it'll be a, an otherwise normal show. And then suddenly like this one part of it is CG and it really stands out because it's, you know, the technology is poor, uh, isn't, you know, not there yet. And, um, his, his like shorthand way of saying like whether or not, uh, it's good CG or bad CG is if you notice it and if you notice it as CG, then it's bad. Like the good CG, you don't notice it looks maybe not real because it's anime, but it looks like it fits with everything else. And the same is true in live action, right? Like I always talk about Lord of the Rings. Once we get to the Lord of the Rings and you're like, yeah, everything looks real. The the Nazgul, the dragons look real. Um, the castles look real. The cities look real. Like the, the armies of soldiers and all that, it doesn't look uh, uh, CG. And, and I mean, and it's different if you do, the whole show in CG, right? Like I watched and recommended um, a show called B stars, which is a weird yeah. show. I don't, I don't think I would recommend it to any, everybody, um, but it's, it's entirely CG. And I think that some people would be put off by that. I generally don't like pure CG uh, animes, but when I watched it, I was like, I don't know. This looks really like it just looked cool and it and it worked for for the genre and the the sort of you know it's it's like adult zootopia right so you're dealing with yeah, animals right. like bipedal animals at different scales and the way that they portray that stuff wouldn't work if they weren't doing it in CG because you get you're more immersed in the space because it's a 3D space um but right. anyway, I don't know. We've talked about that long enough. Well, I, I will say this about the, the, the animation here is that it, it is a middle ground um, that there is. And I, I haven't watched any of the back behind the scenes for this. What if series, but mm. it does look and feel like a hybrid um, that there is a lot of hand drawn, like the backgrounds and the set settings and stuff like that. There is very much some hand drawn parts of every frame and scene um, mixed with the computer an, uh, animation, what it makes me feel a lot like is: Did you ever watch the 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 show or movie, uh, The Iron Giant? The Iron Giant. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, not like a year or two ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's a big thing. That's one of the the last what people consider one of the last traditionally animated uh, shows like that, movies like that, and it had the Iron Giant itself was completely 
computer animated. Mm-hmm. So, but the rest of the movie wasn't. Right. Um, and, and these what if shows make me feel like that. Like they're really stepping up this CG animated um, field and meeting halfway type stuff. It's, it's a step in the right direction is what I'm trying to say. It's, mm. it's better than Ruby was, uh, but not quite as good as say a hand animated, fully hand animated thing yet. So they're getting there. I mm-hmm. liked it. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. The um, it's a, it's, it's a person. Sometimes it can be a very personal. I don't know if I like that animation yet or if I like, like what it can be or not. I, I agree with that. All right. Mm. So getting into specifics here, um, let, you want to go into some spoilers here? So I, I don't want to spoil things accidentally. Talk uh, about we these, can if you want. Okay, monsters. we're gonna we're gonna talk about the okay. first two episodes of the Marvel anthology series. What if? Uh, first off, I, I wanted to say some I mentioned in the non-spoiler section. I wanted to say was that I enjoy that these are thirty-five minutes. I for all of the complaining that I have done over the the, the Marvel TV series that they've had. That mm-hmm. they're so too slow, they drag on, they take a story that should be two hours into eight hours. This is made 35 minutes for an entire movie. They are at a breakneck speed in everything, aren't mm. they? Yeah. Like it they're they're doing so much. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've said and I I feel like we had an example of this fairly recently, but I have been saying for years, why are the half hour shows, quote unquote half hour shows, why are they all comedies? Not all comedies. They pretty much are all comedies. <laughs> like, if it's drama, it's got to be an hour. By which I mean either 42 minutes on a traditional network or 58 minutes on Netflix or HBO. Um, and I'm like, I just... It's it's just too much. Um, I mean, anime will do dramas in a half hour because almost all anime... I saw it and I started an anime the other day that was... The first episode was 40 minutes. And I was like, what... What is this? I thought this was almost over, and it's only half. It's only halfway. It's like watching Sherlock again. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I feel like we saw an, a half-hour drama recently, but I can't now think of what it was. Maybe uh, a Netflix thing. But, yeah, I think I think the runtime on these is, is good. For sure. It's I definitely so wouldn't want so them to be dragged out to a full uh, a full hour, full 45 minutes. I, I, I could watch them at 45 minutes, but I, I don't know. I definitely don't think they deserve an entire season. Right? That, that's, that's one of the problems mm-hmm. I've had with uh, like WandaVision or with, with Falcon Winter Soldier has been that they're like, and even Loki, it's like, oh my gosh, there's eight episodes here, six, eight episodes when it should have been two hours, right? But this one mm-hmm. feels like it, maybe it's a little bit less. I don't want a ton more, but for example, the the Steve Rogers, is it the Steve? No, it's the, um, the, yeah, the Steve Rogers stuff deals with almost multi-movie type branching with timelines and things like that and the way things change with, with Peggy. I'm like, hmm. they're trying to ch- tell us all what happened to Peggy uh, without a world without Captain America. And that was 10 years of Marvel time, right? I, right. I could have I stand it an hour watching it. I'm not complaining about the runtime. I'm just saying that like 35 minutes was a breakneck speed. I, and I kind of would rather see that. I like it. Like I'm, I got through with it. I watched it. I got what I wanted to see in a what if episode and it, there was not a second wasted. Hmm. Right. It was just so fast. Uh, spoilers for Captain America, uh, the Captain America episode. I thought it was, I thought it was fine. The first half I wasn't really into. They just kept trying to do like a, what, what if, uh, um, 
into female Captain America. She was basically Steve is what she was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and it was just okay. And then, and then they started actually making it. What if, you know, it's Peggy, like th- they never really e- even addressed that. She's like, she's with an American team. She's on, uh, stuck with the American people. Like <laughs> she's British. She would be British. All that would be totally different. She's got the, they just she's kind got of the union Jack on her, on her shield. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's all they did. They just changed if they just changed the the model out from Steve to to Peggy, and that wasn't enough for me. But about halfway through, they start like really making it things that she does differently and choices that she makes differently. So I think I, I appreciated that a lot. I think I watched that first episode too late at night, and yeah, was really getting tired by the time as as you say it started to get good. Like I never thought it was bad. Yeah. But it didn't really, it didn't really hold my interest, um, you know, all all the time. Yeah, like yeah. I start, I started to get kind of bored. Not bored. That seems real harsh. But uh, no, but again, it, I think just I think part of that was me. Like it I watched it late, and yeah, yeah. Like Pe- Peggy, Peggy's awesome, right? Like I, I think everyone agrees, and I totally agree. Peggy is a badass. Super soldier, right? But Steve was a badass super soldier, right? They're they're just bad. People say, like, "Man, she kicked butt." I'm like, "Well, Steve kicked butt, right?" Like, I they they both kick. There's no the thing is that in a what if I want to see if what's different, and they right. basically went beat for beat. And the one thing that was different that made it interesting is actually sadly was Steve. Like they they put Iron Man in there, right? Mm-hmm. With with Steve being being the Iron Man. Which was kind of interesting and kind of cool, um, and uh, we'll again say Peggy later on and halfway through the, the series became more Peggy and and emphasizing her her uniqueness. But for for the most part, they were just making her an, a, another Steve Rogers person. Which I mean, that's that's the thing. Peggy's also very um, noble and, and kind and good. But I, I don't know. I think she she's more ruthless. And they didn't really show that. But anyway, that was fine. Moving on to the other one. Um, that was this week's with Chichala. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought they were just going to make him a big jokester like Star-Lord. Mm. But they actually straight off made him like, what if Star-Lord was an actual natural leader that can sway people? That was kind of cool. That they, mm. they did that really well. What did yeah. you like about this one? Uh, the Thanos jokes. <laughs> I actually, that was um, the worst part I had. I was, I was going to uh, hold those off. I hated those. Just, just because I, he's my favorite villain of all time. Mm. I could he's see that. Like, it's a I little... Mean, it's, it's nothing I mean, bad. It's, I didn't, I'm not putting it down. It's fine. It's... it's, it's okay. Yeah, it's... um. What? How do I want to say this? It's a kind of fan service in the way that you might call uh, the West Wing fan service. Where it's like, <laughs> here's here's this fantasy world where all it took was at the right place in time T'Challa to find start uh, to find uh, Thanos and talk to him, talk to him with some persuasive right. words, <laughs> right. and it's very like, it's 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 cutting in our current uh, social socio political climate. I don't know if there's been a time in history where that's not been the case, but. You know, I think people have been right. 
particularly divided in the last five to ten years. And so this fantasy of like, all you had to do was come talk to this guy and he'd change his mind and he'd still <laughs> right. he'd still be holding a little bit of a joking, you know, joke, not, joking, not really joking grudge about it. The like, I, you know, I still think it was a good plan. And everybody yeah, around that, him is that, like, that, dude, that no. wasn't right. No, right. Yeah, it, I get that, that wasn't get, the main part of the show. That's why I was like, eh, it's fine. You know, it's, no, it was it's not okay. that I. I found that I found that very entertaining. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's very much like the, saying all I had to do was tell Hitler when he was a kid, like you're you're okay, guy, and then World War II wouldn't happen. Like ah, whatever. <laughs> right, right. It's fine. Right. Um, uh, but but the right, I liked that, I, I, I liked the it, ending. Right? I liked that. Um, what I told our buddy Fox is it's it's kind of like it's Wonderful Life in reverse, right? Like everybody whose life he touched uh, became better. There's like all these planets saved, you know, Nebula's yeah. fine. Uh, um, I mean, I, of, I like that because that I, I liked the character of T'Challa so much. Like, and I, right. The one thing right. I liked about T'Challa was he, he seemed to do that with people, right? All mm-hmm. the people. And he was so inspirational. Yeah. And th- thank you, Chadwick Boseman for, for portraying that correctly or making mm-hmm. that a thing. Uh, and so yeah, doing that into like an intergalactical thing, like oh yeah, that that's cooler. That if you if you actually don't put a goof off guy who did a good job for being a goof off guy, put mm-hmm. a real leader in there, like oh yeah, this, this is what would happen. That's cool. That's fun. That's awesome. You know. So yeah. I I dug that. You know, thing I actually liked about it too, silly comic book nerdy in me, is they made the collector like a proper villain. Like he is a proper villain in the comic books. In MCU, he's jokey, which is fine. Nobody really cares. He's not like everything. You can't have right. Thanos's for everything. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, they they made him a proper villain, like he is in the comic books. And in, in this one, like okay, cool. That that I like that a lot. You you had a bad guy there that in the collector. So so I, I dug it. Uh, I, I'm enjoying these. I, you know, I'm not really an anthology guy. I like I like to have some kind of continuity or something uh, sure. or same characters from the same things, but probably cause I'm just a big comic book nerd. What last question about these, I was really confused that they went like magic and sword and sorcery in the captain America one. What was the deal? Was that supposed to tie into anything with like the big tentacle monster that comes out at the end and fights captain America? Is that supposed to mean anything or not? I mean, you're asking the wrong guy because I don't no, know I mean, that com- I know if it's I don't know that comic book lore and I think I was falling asleep by that point of that episode. So, <laughs> yeah, I was just all of a sudden it, like this this interdimensional monster comes out of the portal. I'm like, am I missing something that I don't know from the WandaVision or something that I didn't see? So it's just a weird yeah, it, thing for- it didn't it didn't connect with me. Maybe one of our other one of our other friends knows whether it's a reference. To, to a story of that. I'm sure there'll well, be I, a I actually, I know screen crusher something video on YouTube if it is. Yeah. So I, the what ifs, I know there's a Marvel zombies coming up. I don't know anything about Marvel zombies, except that Marvel put out a, during the secret wars time, there was a, one of the alternate multiverse worlds was a, what if the Marvel universe had been taken over by zombies virus? Hmm. And it was, that was it. So I think cool. that's the only one other one I know. I don't know any of these other what ifs that are going to come out. So hmm. it'll be pretty fun seeing, you know, what they do with them. Yeah. 
Hey, uh, moving off of some Marvel stuff, we've been really Marvel heavy this time. Uh, you want to talk about our Walter Mitty show? All right. This week, the the movie show that we watched was uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Uh, written a 2021 for... challenge? Yeah, we're not, we're not calling it that. Um <laughs> Uh, starring, <laughs> yeah, starring, agree, and, and and directed by uh, Ben Stiller from 2013. Uh, starring, as I said, Ben Stiller, Kristen Wiig, uh, John Daly, Catherine Hahn from uh, from WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Adam Scott is in there yeah, too. That, that old, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how do you classify this this movie? You're, 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 Pat, you yourself, not not what IMDb says. How, how do you classify? Is this a comedy or is it a drama? Uh, I, I think it's both. I think it's, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not purely one or the other because parts of it are funny, but it's not, it's not comedy comedy. Um, and there That's are jokes. almost like Saturday Night Live comedy sometimes. It's yeah, a little bit. Um, I think Fox compared it to Stranger Than Fiction, which is a decent, uh, is a decent comparison. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'd seen this movie before. You'd seen it before too, yeah. Yes, right. Uh, the, and it's the, been the, the impetus here was like, is it is it as good as we remembered it, or is it sure. does it hold up type stuff? I mean, there's so I I guess to answer that question without spoilers, um, I I, w- I wanted to say there's not a lot in it that's super um, like uh, time sensitive i don't know what word i want to use for that uh, there is a word and i'm not it's not coming to me um but then as i think about the events around the movie i think that that is completely not true at all um i think in another 20 30 years somebody watching this for the first time will have to have a lot of the underlying tensions explained and they right. You, you mean? Do you mean like uh, the digital moving from life moving from? Yeah, I mean the whole the whole major tension between uh, Ben Stiller's character and Adam Scott's character is that um, he's working for Time Magazine and they're switching to digital, right? Life, digital Life Magazine. Life Magazine. Uh, life, life magazine. Oh, of course, Life. That's in the title. Yeah. Um, the the magazine is going digital. The you know, photography is going digital and it's 2013. This is kind of late for that, for that transition to be happening. But I think it's supposed to be, you know, when it was made, I think it's supposed to be a little bit, not quite a period piece, but like, here's just a a handful of years ago that this, this was happening uh, in this, in the world of this movie. And so, so I think that it does, it does still hold up for me and everybody, that I watched it with, which was uh, just Sarah and my dad, who, you know, dad's older than me, obviously. And um, Sarah's just a couple years younger. So we all know what happened with the internet age and the the transition of photography from film to digital. Um, I think if you tried to show this to, you know, like a 15-year-old, they might be a little confused. Um, And... I don't know that they would really be entertained by it anyway, because 
it's you know a show about a middle-aged man um a movie <laughs> right right sure st- a story about a middle-aged man um so yeah i think i think for me and for now it it definitely holds up it's very um that's what what sarah told me when i said we were watching this for the for the podcast she was like well i've seen it a couple times i'm always down to watch it again though um, I, I i feel that way kind of too i yeah very very non-spoiler here i i i it's just kind of a good feeling and i don't know i could watch it again it, it's not exciting really at any point it's I, I want to. I don't want to use the word wholesome. Wholesome isn't the right word. It's just no. heartwarming. Is that the word I want to think? Heartwarming, maybe. And it's. Uh, I think this is not really a spoiler, but there's a there's an idea that I have noticed and and mentioned in a couple of um, anime that I've recently seen. I know I talk about anime a lot, but I do kind of watch a lot of anime. Um, <laughs> this idea of a person who a protagonist who is living a a normal kind of boring life. And then usually in anime, it's, you know, a person's living a normal life. And then like a a demon girl crawls, crawls out of his TV or something weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's a basic story uh, template, right? You have a normal guy who is satisfied with his life or maybe not. And then something happens. He meets a girl or, uh, or whatever but this idea of a person living life who's kind of not quite midlife crisis but like just going through well like lost um, in things yeah yeah like another round is this way except kind of maybe in a little bit of a negative way um and then they go through a sequence of events and make a sequence of choices and at the end of the story they are a more satisfied, more, um, what's the adjective I want to use there? At the end of the story, they're living. Yes, they're living, right, yeah. They're living, where in the, in the, at the beginning of the story, they're just existing. And then at the, at the end of the story, they're, they're living, uh, uh, you know, a dynamic life. And I can get into more of the details if we're, if we're in spoilers, but, um, it's a thing that I can, resonate with to a to a degree which i think yeah i think most people can i I don't i don't i don't think there are too many people who are you know uh regularly climbing mountains and and whatever kind of things where they're just fully satisfied with all and those kind of people that that do that all the time are very ambitious and so they're like their base mode of existence is in that kind of ambitious dissatisfaction so yeah um, they they don't go watch movies to escape for escapism yeah they're they're not watching movies in the first place but uh right uh yeah and 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 this 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 movie has it has and and still does after this this viewing have the feeling of um you know happy happiness i guess of you know you, you feel good for for walter um, you, you want to like encourage him the whole way through. He, he is very much got that every man presence to him, you know, mm-hmm. that, that you kind of stuck in a thing. You wish you were somewhere else and have a lot of things in your life. And then you, you know, get the chance, hope that you can actually do it and step out. And, and, and I, after watching it, there, there's no, there's no real bad to this, to this movie. There's no downside to it. And, um, 
I, I like it. You said with Sarah, like I could, I could watch it. I could watch it again. Matter of fact, we watched it and I, I put it on the other night just to have it on again for a middle scene and fall asleep to it. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's good. All mm-hmm. right. Moving into spoilers with it. Spoiler bell here. Um, I, is cinematography the right word or is it directing that I'm looking for here? Like the shots, like every shot is so interesting. Uh, however, I, I mean, that's both, you know, some of it is, some of it is like setup framing and, and location scouting and all of that. But most of that goes under the heading of cinematography, I would say. Is that what it is? Okay. So even the beginning opening credits, they show like him walking to work or something. And it's uh, an overview shot of the subway station. And you see like 20th century Fox presents just on a, on a railing. Or something over on the side. You sure. Know, like, the kind that's of in-universe really credits. Yeah. Yeah. That that kind of stuff. It's just... Or it's on, on the train. You know, it's on the side of the train or something. And like, that's just a nice tight thing. Or there's a transition where he's going from inside of his work to outside of his work. And all of a sudden it does a uh, an animated type thing. And he's they show the stairs from the top-down perspective. And outside of the building on the other side and he's walking up it and then the camera swipes across and it's outside. I'm like, that is just somebody being very creative with camera and film, you know, and, and how they yeah, do that which, kind of stuff. Which, I mean, I, I agree with you is very good. It would be pretty disappointing if you made a whole movie about a photograph and didn't have really compelling cinematography. That would be oh, uh, kind sure. of a letdown. <laughs> But, but 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 I'm yeah, sure there's I, lots of movies that have those kind of letdowns, right? I'm, this one I'm did sure, not do that. I'm sure that's happened, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So so yeah, I was I I really really was amazed by that stuff. Another one I I always remember. There's so many great scenes in here. Is um when he skateboards down like the mountainside. Yeah, down the road. Yeah, and and it's mm-hmm. nothing big, but it is. It's just wide vista i watch this in the theater so i get i I, maybe i have a little bit of a Mm. thing that comes into the heart when i watch this thing but the music playing and him you know skateboarding down and his stuff uh i i i paid attention to this time like i can't remember where he gets out of his short sleeve business tie suit thing but it's when he falls off the uh he falls off the helicopter and gets in the water Mm. with the sharks in the water yeah. Yeah, and then he he comes out and they they give him like a sea captain type thing. There's a another scene when he's sitting in the the jail type area and he's mm-hmm. he looks he looks like a whole different person, right? He's he's all tan now. Mm-hmm. And he, I think it's the same situa- same time when he meets um the guy in the airport from eHarmony. Like he meets that guy. Yeah, Patton Oswalt. Yeah. He Patton Oswalt, right? Which again, Patton Oswalt can be great sometimes, can be overbearing in others. This one he's great as that just just the right amount just the right uh, amount yeah yeah um, um sarah told me when and i'm not gonna find the game the guy's name here um oh shoot i'm not gonna find the guy's name but um the artist who did uh all the soundtrack that isn't right like david bowie and hall and oates and all like the original the the music you hear when he's doing that that longboard thing and stuff like that um yeah the the story is they 
I think they sent him concepts or like rough melodies or something. And so he sent them these demos where he's playing the instruments just a little bit and then sort of humming with them that like, you know, maybe he was going to put in different instruments or, or maybe write words for stuff. And uh, Ben Stiller was like, uh, no, we're going to use this because this is great. And it really, it like it, I mean, I don't know. I've seen the movie twice and I, I can't, so I can't imagine it another way. Um, but it's just this perfect, like, here's a little bit of music and there's a guy sort of humming and singing along in a kind of uh, casual uh, way. And it's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. The, so much of this is, is perfect. I, I like that word is perfect just from a lot of standpoints. And I, and I don't know if it's everything coming together or a director. Like I want to, I want to give credit to somebody on this. It's like, like it's, it's the acting of him being humdrum, just the right amount of humdrum here or the, the way it transitions perfectly from his fantasy to hmm. back to reality where it kind of blends just perfectly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, artist composer that i that i was looking for is jose gonzalez he's um swedish um okay or at least born in sweden i don't want to misspeak there um yeah i wanted to i wanted to say this out of spoilers though i don't know if it i don't know if it still works the the like framing of the story in terms of life magazine and photography going digital magazine going digital and online dating particularly with eHarmony, like yeah. eHarmony is probably the most well-known uh, online dating though if you did this movie now it would it would maybe be Tinder though I don't think you would sure. call like the experience he has with Patton Oswald is unlike anybody's experience they've ever had with a tech support for a major uh website <laughs> and so that's right. that's kind of ridiculous uh in itself all of that for is sure. per- is particular to the time in the setting but the yeah the human story of the Walter Mitty character being this kind of shy wallflower, but just guy who um, loves his job and does it very well. And then, you know, sort of like he's not unhappy, right? He's not miserable at the beginning of the story. Yeah, right. Um, right. Right. He's he's just. He's just kind of stuck and the 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 most you can say about him what's how do i want to phrase this the worst thing you can say about his life at the beginning of the movie is that he daydreams all the time which ends up yeah. proving his dissatisfaction with his life because he's very often imagining himself somewhere else or as someone else doing something else which um, which, which t- tends to mean that that he wants to be not what he is. Yeah. He wants to be different from who he is in some small way or some larger way. And that part of the story is, if not timeless is much more timeless than the frame story about photography and and technology. Um, Right. And I love that. And I don't know if, Maybe the audience could have gotten this without them describing it in dialogue. Um, but as his life becomes more interesting and more fulfilling, the less and less he daydreams. You know, the less we see of those, 
like he's here and suddenly he's doing something and it gets more and more crazy um until you know the coup de gras at the end of the movie when he stands up to adam scott and actually does a version of the thing that he imagined doing in the beginning of the movie right yeah right yeah yeah he he is put put um, that on a plaque hanging up at your next that on a plaque yeah exactly yeah 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 i hit his slow transformation is it's, it's the thing is he's not like you said he, he's not it's not like he's bad or he's poor he's this is kind of who he is it's just this thing holding him back type thing and it's not it's not any one thing holding him back right i think that's why they add his mom into the, the whole thing and his sister mm-hmm. they're they're all like feeding his this is all great and you're wonderful and we love you and it's all great that you stay this kind of way and he, nothing's wrong nothing's wrong with his life right uh, it's just nothing special and they and the scene where he he sees his backpack when he was in high school and they're going to backpack across to europe and then his dad's thing and you're like it's a very middle-aged type thing of like you know there's nothing wrong with where I am or what I'm getting to. And I am still the same person. He's still the same person when, at the end. He's still the same Walter Mitty. He's never a, a nerd that turns into a jock, right? No, no. He, he's, this, and the, he's clearly the same person. And the things that he does, like he does some kind of crazy stuff, like going to Iceland and Greenland and jumping in the water. Right. But it's not like... It's not like he wakes up one day and decides to go on an adventure. He's yeah. still in his mind. He's still doing his job, right? Yeah. He wants to go find uh, Sean Penn so he can find out uh, the deal with this with this photo. And really, the so in the one sense, you have this transition from him, you know, just being frozen in front of uh, in front of Adam Scott's character to standing up to him at the end. But then you get the ultimate payoff with the photo right that he doesn't see that goes on the magazine but it's him and it's and it's him and he was he was this admirable he was this person that um sean penn's character admired and respected from the beginning yeah he, he he it's it's interesting that that he saw so sean penn's character is somebody who early on never i guess i would say got complacent complacent not the word but never got lulled into that um this is okay type thing he just it's just who sean penn just lives he's not like a, a indiana jones character he just lives life as he lives life like walter we think now is going to live life right he just right. always has uh and but he sees walter as what he says the quintessence of life mm-hmm. it's what life is like life is you become this thing that does this. You're a person that sits in a in a in a room and and makes beautiful pictures, and you're a beautiful person. You're just in a business outfit, sitting in front of a building type stuff, right? So you're yeah. you are an adventurous, amazing, incredible person living this life. Um, yeah, and yeah, it, it's just it's it's so much little things in this movie that I liked mm-hmm. that. I don't know if it, it was ever at any time preaching to me or telling me what I should do or any kind of message per se. No. Kind of. I mean, it kind of was telling me go out and live life, but not really, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and, and I did like that. He, I, I, we said mentioned before, I like that he's the same person for as he is at, at, at the end there. He's, he's still Walter. Walter was never terrible. Like he goes and talks to his mom and his sister and he's giving good advice. He's helping his mom, you know, he's a mm-hmm. good guy. 
Uh, he he doesn't take their crap, you know, when they're <laughs> like kind of bullying him at the beginning. He right. tells them like, uh, you know, it's it's processing. The picture is processing. He has his buddy he works with and he treats him normally and he's not a bad guy. So seeing Walter just be himself and, and also the music is great, right? Like the music mm-hmm. hits on the right notes that uh, yeah. when he finally takes the takes the plunge to get in the helicopter and mm-hmm. Major Tom plays. Yeah. You know, you're like perfect, perfect timing. Uh, Kristen Wiig in this one was so interesting because she, I always seen her in a really goofy roles always. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, except for maybe uh, Cheetah. Uh, actually, that's <laughs> a perfect example. I didn't mind her as Cheetah when she was Cheetah in Wonder Woman. Hmm. Um, and uh, the character wasn't great. The right. CGI was terrible. Um, but I liked her transformation into the Cheetah and she was a good, good actress for that. And she mm-hmm. was a good actress here. She was yeah. mildly amusing and funny a little bit at times, but she was just a good actress for that just role, a, for that character. Just a real standard. I mean, I said uh, last week or whatever that um, uh, Trotsky and I saw her in Barb and Star, mm-hmm. and that's a much more kind of SNL goofy kind of character that she's playing in that. Where this, she's really just playing a normal, a normal woman, a normal person. Um, yeah, and they they and, want her and it's to great. do that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, because went... because Ben Stiller has also played goofy, yes. right? You think about like I don't know if you ever saw Heavyweights, but mm-hmm. uh, you know that or um, what Tropic Thunder? Like he's done oh, a bunch yeah, of yeah, right, yeah, he's done a sure. bunch of weird goofy stuff, and and this is not this is not that at all. No, yeah. So I. Moving out of spoilers, final judgments thing. I, I like this show. I know I said it before out of out of spoilers and in spoilers. I like this show. It's 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 heartwarming. Um I, I do recommend I, there isn't anyone I would not recommend watching this. I, I can't yeah. think of a person on the planet that that wouldn't find this enjoying. I said I said before if you jump past the spoiler section, I said before that a lot of the framework of in, in the pre spoiler I don't know, we're doing three segments for this movie, but um <laughs> I said that the framing of the story with the transition to digital is something that will become less uh, um, recognized uh, as as time goes on with this movie. But the the human part of this story, the journey that the titular character goes on, um, is something much much more timeless that uh, that I think can be. If you can, you know, if you're showing this to somebody young who doesn't remember film photography, you can just say, like. This is how pictures used to be, and we didn't yeah, see and, them right and, away. And we you got can them. still have the, the you, like... you take you take fifteen seconds to explain that to him, and they're good. And then you're just watching for the story of this character and the journey that he goes on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I, I never really thought about that. In, in in ten twenty years, they're gonna be like, I don't understand. Why did he just not like digitally send it to him? Right. right? Why but, didn't Why didn't he email it to him? Why didn't he email it? Yeah. <laughs> or even email is gonna be a thing. Why didn't he like you know telepath it to him? I don't understand that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I get that, but but overall, like people are still in the future going to be losing their jobs to corporate takeovers, you know, sure. type stuff. So yeah, uh, yeah, loved it. Thumbs up. Uh, so what do we what do we got for? Let's see next week for I said for uh, what do we got for uh, <laughs> next week? We got we, uh, that's your pick. What do we have for next week? For uh, next week, do you want to watch an anime uh, film? Uh, yeah, I'm up for anime. Okay. Wait, I will say it's not it's not a Godzilla point singular point is it 
no, that's a series. Thank God, and, and not a movie. I but, still uh, can't do. It. I still can't I, watch that show. I will say that that my my half of this list has many more foreign language films than yours, which I think <laughs> that, has zero. That is not a surprise. That is not a yeah, surprise yeah. to me, Dennis. It in, won't in be. And to, and to people who've been listening to this show for the past four years, they're probably not surprised either. <laughs> not surprised at all. Uh, right. This movie's in Japanese, but it's on Netflix. So if you really want to, I'm sure there's an English dub. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've seen this before, but when it was... Oh, and I don't think I said the title. It's called A Silent Voice. Oh, um, yeah, that, we, we would need to know that. Thing, right? Yeah, it's a story in a couple parts. I think there's a there's a sort of chapter, and then it jumps ahead in time. Um, one of the secondary characters is... Uh, is deaf or uh, hearing impaired. Okay. Um, and the, the characters are young. I think they're middle school and then high school or maybe high school and then college. And it deals with issues of relationships and, and bullying and, and some of those things. I saw it years ago. And so I, I don't remember the details, but I remember it being one of those things where I was frustrated for a while. And then it got to a certain point where I was like, Oh man, I kind of, I kind of now can see where this character is coming from in this, in this mm-hmm. perspective. But uh, it's one of those anime movies that people uh, really love, and so want to watch it again. Let's let, let's do. It. I've not seen it, so you know. Actually, looking through here, I, it's on my list, so it's something that I want to watch. Mm, want to on your watch, so. on your Netflix list. Ah, this is a perfect opportunity actually to to get to to see this one. Cool. Uh awesome. All right, let's see. Um, we got a oh, little... we got to talk about we got to talk about the Star Trek thing, man. We, okay, okay. I wasn't sure because we've we've got a few things here. I know you saw Free Guy, which I assume oh, is awesome. Oh man, Free Guy, yeah, we got to talk about Free. Uh, I haven't seen uh, it yet. But, let's, uh, let's 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 give that another week, and maybe if you get an opportunity, you can see that one. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, Lower Decks, Star Trek Lower Decks season two has had just one episode. Um, it continues to be great as a as a Trek <laughs> fan. Um, the I feel I feel joy at when this came out. Like I I was not looking when is it going to come out? When is it going to come out? When is it going to come mm-hmm. out? Right? I I think uh, Discovery has put me off on that. Like I'm just going to have to just never sure. think about Star Trek again. And then like oh it sure. comes out. So when it came out, uh, the feeling I had was joy. Like oh mm-hmm. so excited to go back to these characters again. Right? You know so many. Uh, you know the 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 longer the show goes the more they're going to have to reach and 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 pull deeper in the bag to find little uh you know fan easter eggs um i mean that's were... fair but i like the characters like i i could i could not i could have a lot less easter eggs and be okay yeah, even I, I like even them. without the easter eggs even if you don't know why uh i i mean i this is sort of spoilers but only if you get the reference even if you don't understand why like mariner runs by and her character is established as knowing like she's an in-universe trek fan right like they they show they establish that in the pilot when she's talking to to uh, boimler and is like oh do you know about about charlie who is a thing he's like i'm sure i can look it up on the computer he's like what about this guy do you know about him mm-hmm. what about Worf? And he's like of course i know about Worf." um <laughs> right, and right. you know so she's in the season two opens and she's in the holodeck with a program she designed and so she goes by boimler and he's like he's like mariner you gotta save me they keep showing me lights 
And <laughs> right, yeah. of course, if you've seen that Next Generation episode, you get that reference. But, right. I mean, it's just that. The rest of the scene is he's tied up being tortured and she's not helping him because he's a hologram and it doesn't and it doesn't matter. Like, you don't need to get that Easter egg to appreciate it. It's like the stuff that uh, that Marvel throws in sometimes. Right. A- absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you know, it's it totally enhances it, but doesn't need it. And if they exactly. didn't have it, it would still be great. It would still be funny. Yeah. Wonderful. Great. Yeah. Uh, so the first, the, it's, we were only talking about one episode here, but it's, it's it, I get the idea that it's, I guess, joyful and fun and, and exciting hmm. to talk about because mainly because it, I don't think it changed. It, it didn't change a lot from season one to season two. There's no like big, big, huge thing that happened besides boiler's gone. Um, and, that they didn't change writing styles or, uh, you know, oh, it's a second season. They can try new things now. No, it's just like more of season one, and that's great, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's right off the bat, Tandy and um, oh, what's the what's the cyborg guy's name? Uh, oh, see, we're, we're terrible. We're wow, I'm 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 completely. I'm completely drawing a blank. We, I think we all know who we're talking about, though. But that yeah, Teddy yeah. and him, they, they are doing the same things they do in all the season one type stuff. They're clearly a side characters. They're having their own side adventures throughout the whole time. Like, that's what they did yeah. in every episode of the first season. And they're doing it again. And it's just mm-hmm. as fun. Right? Yeah. And, and they solve their own things in their own way. And... He he's always wonderful and optimistic, and she's always exciting and fun and silly and goofy and um, not human is the best way to say that, right? <laughs> right. The, the different different stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I I liked that that a whole lot. The um, I like the callback that he's dating the girl that he he hit it off with real well in the first season. Yeah, she's a trill or something. Um, right he's dating her but it's working out and the whole time she's trying to force him not to eat pears was, was pretty great yeah. Yeah. and then at the end the only thing that changed is like yeah no we're all accepting but now i hate pears now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah she's great which do you, do you think that it's it's a weird thing i'll just ask it because you know fanboys are fanboys do you think they're they're trying to set those two up or are they just trying to like make them great friends i mean they they keep going back to the great friends thing. Um, they do. It, but she said, don't date so-and-so. Like, she's... Right. Right? right. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe they will. That's the kind of boring option. But there's not really other... There's not really any other romances that are that are happening on the show. I think you... Uh, this is a... Maybe... I don't know. There's a, there's a little bit of a minefield thing to say. But I think... I think that you avoid a lot of the a lot of the things that people take issue with as far as, you know, things being dicey or problematic or whatever um, a word you're using for that. Uh, when your stories are not relationship centric. Yeah. Right. Like the whole the whole idea of a Bechtel test is like to have female characters talking and not um, not talking about male characters in in a in romantic interest uh kind of way or in any way really but but most of that happens with um with romantic interest right and every every story boils down to that and then you get weird like you know gender issues and 
and all that stuff. Wait, and you wait, really... which, which is a little sad to say that that, that that shouldn't be that we can't have romantic interests in characters because of that minefield. Right. right. We that's, should still be able to have those. That's not what I'm saying either. I'm just saying that it is like avoid uh, – uh, I want to say avoiding that problem is a, is a problematic way to say that. Uh, but you do um, – it's easier to avoid – uh, making those mistakes or or a problematic writing portrayal whatever when you don't have romances in your story that's all i'm trying to say i don't and i don't even know if that's true that's my sort of uh uh you know knee-jerk uh hot take on that but um i don't know i think it also can be um you know you can tell other kinds of interesting stories right there are tons of like if you want to see love stories there are tons of those out there um sure but, but the th- here's the thing is that we got like i think mariner and um uh, what's the other main guy Bornler's Bornler. relationship is great as friends like they are they are two people who are equals and are awesome and are lead characters i don't know i think mariner's actually a better lead character but they're they're, they're lead characters and they don't need to have any kind of romance right like th- that doesn't makes sense right right but like these two i mean there's no reason not to have it they, it's what they say in, in in fandom where they say shipping right shipping characters yeah yeah and and i would be i would say that i would ship those two characters i think they're they're two great characters that it's the same thing in real life if i see two people who are really great together i kind of want them to get together yeah but, you know, i i appreciate that this stuff. is I'd, i'm not going to say the first because there's a lot of star trek canon out there but this is Maybe one of the first and definitely one of the few times we've seen uh, a female Orion that is not overtly sexualized. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. She's like, totally not at all. Yeah, That's that's how the concept of Orion's was uh, conceived in the original series, in the first, in in uh, uh, The Cage, the very first pilot, the pilot of Star yeah. Trek. Um, right. And they've, you know, they've become more and more like you know not not all of them slaves right which not is one dimensional type stuff yeah uh, right. uh kind of thing but um yeah yeah T- tendy tendy's one tendy's one of my i mean i like all i like all the main cast in this one rutherford is that character's rutherford name. right yeah I, I i like all of them but for all like every four the four main characters are wholly unique just just like um like the next generation cast like they're everybody mm-hmm. has are so unique from each one. And this one's doing the same kind of thing. It's an ensemble cast of four very different, but unique and cool characters on our thing. And I know I said that Mariner and Boimler are the main characters, but Tendi and Rutherford are half the show, right? right? And maybe for other people, maybe Mariner, I don't know how you don't like Mariner and Boimler, but maybe, you know, Tendi and Rutherford are, are the main characters, which, you know, yeah, sense, I mean so. it's it's a little bit back to the more traditional Trek format of the uh ensemble cast. How did you so, like so, uh how did you like uh Mariner says I don't even remember who she's talking about, but she's like, I know we're not supposed to have interpersonal conflict. Oh my god, I was gonna mention that to you, Dennis first. <laughs> I, I you suck. I was I had that written down in front of me, like remember to, when we get a break to mention that. Yeah, the interpersonal conflict. She says it to the hologram person mm-hmm. when she's uh she's uh disagreeing with her or something we're not supposed to have interpersonal conflicts but i hate that guy or something like that yeah that's that's super inside baseball 
But so inside baseball. I think if you've seen all the '90s shows, which is also not a guarantee, but if you're watching this series, there's a pretty good chance you've at least seen Next Generation, and you maybe, upon hearing that, then can then can think back and go, "Oh yeah, like you really never see like oh, P- but it's even get- super. It's even super more inside baseball than that because of Roddenberry saying those words, right? Right. Right. And so if you don't if you don't know that, you you know, it's it's kind of a deep um it's kind of a deep reference, but then you then you, you know, you could maybe look at it and go, well, yeah, in in um in the original series, uh Kirk and Spock fairly often were getting in fistfights. And right. that never happens in Next Generation. You never right. see Picard and Riker in a in a fight over anything they never are like mind controlled to to do that yeah. or um whatever but yeah yeah you're right yeah. it's it's very inside baseball she yeah, the, the the i think that one of the things that helps these inside jokes work without being important is that the speed of dialogue is very uh, gilmore girls in this one they, right. they just talk really yeah. quickly and they're always it's just flying through the episodes are 30 minutes and they just go 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 yeah um and so you can say a quick Easter egg and then move on past the joke. So if you don't understand it, it doesn't matter because you're on to the next thing. Yeah, you're pa- you're past it already. Like I'll see it, and if I know it, I recognize it. And even though even though it sounds like I should recognize all the references, there are definitely some that I don't. Um, and if I if I don't, then I'm on, and they're they're making some new joke about something else. So right. So so what you, uh, do you do? You miss Boimler? Do you miss Boimler for because this was a, a Boimler free episode besides the end. Uh, a little bit, but I mean, what's best about him is his, you know, uh, relationship antagonism with, with, uh, Mariner. So exactly right. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm a huge Mariner fan, so I, I didn't, I didn't miss him terribly. I, I think, I think, uh, a Boimler S series would make Mariner not so fun. Mm-hmm. I think they, they, they both are play over each. So having one episode with just her, like being totally awesome was, was pretty great. And I, and it's really fun. Uh, but I'll, I'll be glad to have him back messing with, or not say messing with Boimler's mind, but, or Mariner's mind. But I think uh, Mariner messing with him a lot is going to be, that's yeah, always like fun. They're both. I mean, I think you could do, you could do something else with him that, that could be interesting. And her stuff is fine for one episode. I think she's better with, you know, some audience. Like her whole thing is going rogue and doing her own thing, but that's not interesting unless there's a straight man, you know, pushing back. Yeah, and, and it, I, I have a feeling that's that's what they were kind of doing with this one was that like she's just not into the whole like mission thing with her mom, and this right. is that one episode to show that like, you know, should should be so much better with a with a Boimler. You know, mm-hmm. in her thing, and and also obviously, he's not going to be fit for that'll be the biggest change is that Bormler won't be fit for the Titan. He'll come back to the Cerrito, mm-hmm. right? I don't know what Bormler we're going to get before because Bormler season one was all about Starfleet and the regulations and the, and being a an officer. If he's done that and failed, I wonder what like crisis they're going to put him in mm-hmm. emotional crisis because that's what that character is all about emotional crisis, right? True, so, true. 
I it's so exciting. I'm I'm even talking about it now and smiling because <laughs> I, I love them so much and and I want to watch it again. Um, this is one of those ones that like like uh, Harley Quinn that they can just keep putting more and more of, um, and I will just watch watch the heck out of them. Yeah. No Star Trek series has had uh, not one has had a as good a first season as this one had. I think. Uh... Not even. Discovery. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, season one Discovery was rough. <laughs> right, right. In, in general. I mean, um, what we all raved about was season two. Uh, you know, we'll see with um, with Strange New Worlds. Fingers crossed. But uh, as always. Yeah. yeah you got you to got, you gotta, you gotta moderate your expectations there, Dennis. I mean, you know, all, I think all I'm saying great. is we've had three seasons of Discovery and the stuff we liked the most was the three characters that they took out to make this other show. So I'm like, uh, maybe. But who knows? <laughs> without without the rest of the uh, you know, Discovery cast to play off, like what are they going to what are they going to do with those characters? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you, you, I guess that's that's true. I never thought of it that way is that when you have a bunch of sad mopey emo characters to play off and and you're moderately okay, you seem to be the star. <laughs> right? Right. right. Um so how do you play if you don't have the mopey characters? Uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm, we'll, I'm not really we'll, uh, about you know, Discovery. Re- Rebecca Remains, uh, number one, still be compelling if she's in, you know, all all of every episode instead of just of a episode. few little scenes that we get to, you know, really appreciate because it's sparse. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think Anson Mount will be solid. He was in every episode, I think, of season two and or the three or whatever it was latter half of season two. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and he, he was, I think he'll be fantastic no matter what I, I, I do have, I do have, a uh, um, great hopes for the show, but, but I also have that moderate expectations knowing that, you know, season ones don't do all that aren't all that well until they figure themselves out. Sure. This is, inter- this is different though, because they have had a little I, time with, you the know, characters as you before. saying that I, I had that same thought. I'm like, this is, it's not really their season one. It's, it's not. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a little different. So may, maybe this is this could be. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it as fun. We keep mentioning it. Do you know a timeline on that? Is I mean, mm-hmm. did they already film it and they're just doing post now? Or do we know? I, it's supposed to come out? I don't know off the top of my head. Um Yeah, I didn't I, I mean I didn't know Lower Decks was coming out so soon. Um that makes me it makes me want to go watch see when Harley Quinn's coming out. Um, nice one. Sid and I started watching Harley Quinn, which is pretty, pretty good. Mm. By the way, uh, King Shark is totally different in Harley mm. Quinn than he is in the Suicide right. Squad. Yeah. Not, not even the same. Um, it's not expected before 22. Really? Yeah. Man, that's, that's really disappointing. They must... Almost definitely after Discovery Season 4, and maybe before Picard Season 2. At least, that's what this article that I just found said, and it's from May, so who knows. Yeah, you've heard, you've heard me complain enough about CBS's uh, timing, is speed timing is terrible, so, but... Yeah, I mean... Whatever. Takes, I'm sure this it takes a long time to make, even without global pandemics screwing up. Oh yeah, even, literally even that, everything. But, but you, you yeah, have, it was you have a, it was yeah. slow before for our. I mean, you, you, you have know. feature films that get that go into post production and get done with massive, you know, CGI stuff within six months, and and Star Trek can't get theirs done in 
three years. It's, you know, it's just a thing. They, <laughs> sure. They, they, they need to hire a wedding workshop is what they need to do. Or yeah, maybe. Get those maybe. New Zealanders, they know what they're doing. <laughs> ah, cool, man. Awesome. I think that I think we got a lot this week. We had a lot more to talk about, but we'll we'll leave. Uh, I want to talk about some Ted Lasso, which I'm Ted Lasso. a big fan of. Yeah. I guess a good Ted Lasso free guy episode will be nice to talk about with mm. all, all the good people. Sure, sure. We we could have watched uh, uh, Walter Mitty with that. That would have been just a, a happy mm. day. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, man. Cool. All right. You have been listening to the Front Porches episode two hundred and eight. Special thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, if you want to reach out to us with suggestions for movies or anything else that we should watch or consume and discuss, uh, you can reach us via email. That address is frontporchpod at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use contact forms there. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast wherever you get your shows. Uh, As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. See you next time. I say see you next time. Now what am I going to say? What am I supposed to say here? Night, everybody. Is that what you say? (laughs) You say night, everybody. (laughs) Or or something. Night, everybody. (laughs) You just completely threw me off. (laughs) See you next time.